Welcome to Mike's Notes, episode 40. Today, a few more lessons from Bill Belichick. I've talked a lot about Bill Belichick on this podcast, especially considering I'm not that big of a football fan or a New England Patriots fan. But what I like so much about Belichick is that it seems like his process and his system are really good. It seems like the day-to-day work that he does is profitable, whether or not it pays off in the actual football game. I recently finished Michael Mobison's book, The Success Equation. And in that book, Mobison writes that for activities that involve skill and luck, it's important to focus on the process because you can't only be focused on the outcomes because those outcomes are noisy thanks to luck. So in the book, Mobison says that a sprinter or a foot race is really an activity that is heavily based on skill. The more you practice running, the better running you'll be, and luck will have very little to do with the outcome of a race. You can compare that to a casino event like roulette or craps, where a lot of it is luck. In fact, it's entirely luck, the way the ball bounces. And those are the ends of the the spectrum. And Mobison's book is all about figuring out that murky middle, identifying where your activity is on the skill and luck equation. And football is kind of in the middle. It's some luck and it's some skill. And in the book, which I highly recommend, Mobison really dives into that. The one part from that book we want to apply to Bill Belichick in this podcast episode, though, is the idea of focusing on process. And Mobison writes that if you have an activity that is dependent on luck for part of the outcome, it's better to focus on process than product, because that product is going to be noisy, it's going to have luck involved. Whereas if you have a good process, you can really build something that is valuable. And I think Bill Belichick has a good process. In an ebook that I released today, I looked at five ways that Bill Belichick uses this idea of red teaming. Red teaming is the process I think Belichick uses. I defined red teaming as a way to think critically and creatively internal about problems that are facing your organization from an external level. This is really easy to identify in a sport like football because it's the scout team. Before the Patriots play a game against an opponent, they have their own players, their own scout team, pretend to be the other team. And that's one version of red teaming. In the book, I explained five different areas, and we'll look at one on the podcast today. And that is, I've seen this before, or a familiar theme to regular podcast listeners, pattern recognition. Before we dive into that, thanks to Sean for pointing out that I should do more of these podcasts about things that I had written. Okay, so... I've seen this before, or pattern recognition. On my blog, The Waiter's Pad, we refer to pattern recognition as a superpower because it saves you resources like time, energy, money. In the same way an outdoorsman knows where to fish, an accountant knows when things smell fishy, or when a chef knows how to fillet a fish, we can have our own superpower, our own pattern recognition. Bill Belichick built up his pattern recognition thanks to years of watching film, but he also has Ernie Adams. Ernie Adams is Belichick's Belichick. He's the silent partner. In the book The Education of a Coach, David Halberstam writes, Ernie Adams was Belichick's Belichick. 
the film master's master of film. He was supremely knowledgeable about the history of the game. No play was ever forgotten. And his brain was like a little football computer, always clicking away, remembering which defense had stopped which offense and who the coaches and the players had been. Adams has superb pattern recognition. He's so valuable to Belichick that in the bank of phones along the sideline, there's a direct line to Adams for in-game calls. Adams is the one who will report whether or not they should challenge a play. Belichick will also ask during the games, What have we got, Ernie? Before Super Bowl XLIX against the Seattle Seahawks, the Patriots practiced plays they thought their opponents would run. The person who decided which plays was Ernie Adams. Ernie would diagram the plays that he thought they would run against us, or that he had seen from a previous game, Belichick said, and it's a good thing that he did. In the final 30 seconds with the Seahawks on the Patriots' one-yard line, quarterback Russell Wilson threw an interception that turned near defeat into victory for the Patriots. What's amazing about the play was the practice that preceded it. In the NFL film Do Your Job, the Patriots coaching staff and film narrator talk about how the Patriots practiced that exact play that the Seahawks ran. Here's a clip from the movie. You look at the play, Browner is having a conversation with Malcolm and he's telling him exactly what he's going to do. I'm going to jam this guy and then, you know, we told Malcolm, just go. If you remember, Malcolm's matchup was really a curse, but Browner had seen enough of those pick routes. He anticipated what was coming as well as Malcolm. So he was like, let me get up here and jam the point, you go. Malcolm had seen that in practice. Butler had seen it in practice. He just didn't stop it. The inside receiver got off the line and up into the end zone. Malcolm didn't really have enough awareness for the play, so he had to go all the way around behind the receiver and the defensive back, and there was just too much space, it was an easy touchdown. So the coaching point was, if they're close enough together, then you've got to be ready to get over the top, and the defender on the inside guy has got to jam him so that he can't pick the corner going over the top. During the video, there is this great video demonstration of the two plays, and the plays are really identical from the formations to the way um, the players were lined up and the way the players acted. And Malcolm's not succeeding in practice, but then making the key interception during the game. And if you look at that quote, if you listen to those words through this lens of pattern recognition, if you seek out those things, you start to really hear it. We know that Ernie Adams diagrammed this play because of his pattern recognition skills, because he saw this thing that the Seahawks had done. You hear Bill Belichick saying that Malcolm didn't have the right experience. He didn't know to look for this thing because Malcolm lacked the good pattern recognition skills that the coaching staff had and that the coaching staff passed on to the players. The coaching staff helped prepare the players for the game because they had the pattern recognition skills and the players had the physical attributes to execute on those things. In the video, Ernie Adams says this, you're going to win or lose games at practice. There's no such thing as being a game day player. You see situations come up on the practice field. You've worked on it. You know what it takes. When it comes up in the game, because you're trained, you're seasoned, you've seen it, you react and make the play. That's good pattern recognition skills. At the final moment of the Super Bowl, the win is decided because one team has built pattern recognition into their red teaming. 
Football isn't the only domain where this kind of pattern recognition is very helpful. Good in-the-moment decision-making comes from being in consistent situations and learning from them. Football is great for this because it's consistent. It's the same number of players, the same rules, and the same dimensions of the field. More nebulous things require a little more work. Warren Buffett uses pattern recognition to figure out what stocks to buy and when. At the 2016 Berkshire meeting, Buffett said, Pattern recognition gets very important in evaluating humans and businesses. Pattern recognition isn't 100%, but there are certain things in businesses we've seen over and over. In an interview with Charlie Rose a number of years ago, Buffett said, I've been reading IBM's annual reports every year for 50 years. This year I saw something that sort of clicked. 50 years! That's how long it took for Buffett to recognize something valuable. It's what Ernie Adams does, too. Adams works 100 hours a week to build up his pattern recognition skills. Phil Simms played under Belichick and Adams for the Giants and said, Adams is a great source of information for Bill. There's nothing like somebody that can stand back and get a different view of what's going on. To put it another way, Adams is another layer of pattern recognition skills on top of Belichick's. We can start to see patterns when we are aware of them. If we start to look for things that are consistent time and time again, things can pay off, and it doesn't matter how long ago you saw the pattern. As a U.S. Naval Intelligence officer, James Bradley was trying to figure out a mission for the new spy submarine, the USS Halibut. Bradley wanted the crew to listen to Russian Navy communications, but to do so without being detected. He guessed that there was a cable that ran from the submarine base under the sea of Okhotsk and then on to Moscow. He just didn't know where it was under the sea, and he wasn't entirely sure if the cable was there. The Sea of Akhotsk is big. It's 600,000 plus square miles big. That's twice the size of Texas big. The halibut had an underwater camera, but the crew couldn't wander back and forth. That would take too long and be too dangerous. Bradley needed to figure out something else. And so the next section I'm about to say is from the book Blind Man's Bluff, and this is what the book says. Bradley cleared his mind of charts and maps, freed himself from official assignments, from the meetings, memos, and briefings that swamped the business of intelligence in Washington. He let his eyes close, and his thoughts wandered into simpler journeys taken in simpler times. Before the Cold War, before World War II, back to the waters of his childhood. There he found an answer that was beguilingly simple and just strange enough to be true. It was buried in his memories of St. Louis in the 1930s when he was a boy and his mother packed him up to escape the summer heat on riverboat rides along the Mississippi River. Young Bradley had taken to passing time with a steamer captain in the pilot house, and from there he could see a series of black and white signs placed discreetly along the shore. Most of the signs marked mileage and location, but there were a few, he remembered, that declared cable crossing, do not anchor. These signs were there to keep some idiot in a boat from snaring and snapping a phone or utility cable in the shallows. Bradley's eyes snapped open as he realized that what was true of the Mississippi just might be true of Ot Hosk. That's how they would find the cable, he thought. That's how they would engineer one of the most daring acts of telepiracy of the Cold War. Halibut would be led directly to her quarry by signs placed somewhere on a lonesome beach in the Soviet Union declaring, watch out, cable here. 
And that turns out is exactly what happened. Commander John McNish would guide the halibut into Soviet waters and find the cable thanks to a sign on the beach. Notice the similar language. See something you've seen before. Practice something. Look back in time. Good pattern recognition is about memories and experiences, things anyone can build out. So, how do you become a pattern recognizer? There are two really big ways to do it. You read it, or you do it. Charlie Munger is described as a book with legs. The winningest college soccer coach, Anson Dorrance, reads all the time, too. Pete Carroll read Grit by Angela Duckworth, and The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, and invited both of them to talk to his team. Shane Parrish says that his popular Farnham Street blog is his attempt to master the best of what other people have already figured out. Other people's experiences are your pattern recognition data, and reading is a really fast and easy way to, in a sense, download someone's life experiences. The ebook that I wrote about Belichick is relatively short, it's only 20-some pages long, and should only take about 40 minutes to read, but in that time, you get to look at five ideas that have been in Belichick's coaching life for 40 years. You can also build pattern recognition skills by doing. Elizabeth Gilbert thought about going to graduate school, but tuition was too high. Instead thought, Gilbert, why don't I go out and live and write different things? You can learn about the thing by learning about the thing, Gilbert says, or you can learn about the thing by doing the thing. That's what she ended up doing, and that's how her great book, Eat, Pray, Love, was prepared for. That's how she laid the foundation for it. NASA also builds their pattern recognition skills by doing, running simulation after simulation. The very last one before the Apollo 11 landing included an error code that had never been seen before. The crew muffed it during training, but got it right during lunar landing. That's good pattern recognition. Note that pattern recognition has to happen in consistent environments. We started this episode of the podcast by talking about Michael Mobison's writings in the success equation, and we can come back to it now. We need conditions that are relatively stable to build our pattern recognition skills. You can't walk into a casino wearing your lucky hat, win $1,000, and walk out thinking that you won that money because of your lucky hat. So we need situations that are relatively stable, and we need to build good processes into situations where there is some luck involved. And a lot of things are in that murky middle. They're in that area where some outcomes are based on a mixture of skill and luck. If you like this episode of the podcast, you can check out the book. There's a link to it on my website, thewaiterspad.com, and also in the show notes. It's free for a few days beginning October 12th. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike's Notes. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then, leave. And take your book with you.